This week, I was honored to be a guest on the Without Limits podcast hosted by Mark and Anne-Marie McAllister. Mark and Anne-Marie have been inspiring and leading for over 25 years. They have a passion to enhance, encourage, and enrich others' lives. They started their Without Limits podcast in order to help shine a light on awesome people doing incredible things who have overcome obstacles and developed wisdom keys to share. Please be sure to visit Mark and Anne-Marie's website at www.livingwithoutlimits.ca and remember to stay tuned to the end of the episode to learn how you can join me for my live virtual healing circles. Welcome to the Without Limits podcast, where we break through barriers, revealing the keys to living an abundant life. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Anne-Marie. Welcome to another episode of Without Limits podcast. We're so excited to be joined in the studio today by Jen Fable. You are not broken. This has become Jennifer's personal and professional mantra, and one she intends to spread to as many people as possible. As a mentor, coach, author, and speaker, Jennifer offers alternative care for anyone suffering from overwhelm, unexplained sadness, and past trauma who isn't finding the healing they want want through traditional mental health services and are sick of the CBT medicine medication, talk therapy, merry-go-round. In her live and virtual events, Jen specializes in bringing a mixture of humor, honesty, and personal truths to help inspire a new perspective on health, growth, and change. And she loves to combine her love of all things nerdy and sciency with a little effusion of woohoo spirituality. So who is Jen? She's someone who has walked the path of brokenness and lived to tell the story. She is someone who's experienced a dark night of the soul and lived there for over 13 years. She is someone who's been told over and over again that she was broken. And yet, here she is, stronger than before, unbroken. Jennifer candidly shares her story in the hopes of inspiring others to know that no one is broken and everyone can heal. So, Join with me as we welcome our guest today, Jennifer Fable. Excellent. So we're uh, so excited to welcome you this morning, uh, Jennifer, to the studio <laughs> and to uh, to engage in an amazing conversation. Welcome. And we're so grateful that you uh, that you've joined us today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, Jennifer, starting things off, what does living without limits mean to you? Living without limits to me means knowing that life is meant to be lifey sometimes, knowing that emotions are meant to feel feely sometimes, and that that is okay, it's part of the human experience, and that we can have those lifey moments, have those feely moments, and still look at what breadcrumbs the universe is laying out for us. Mm-hmm. Having There's no limits on where we can go. We can embrace our humanity. We don't have to leave our humanity behind in order to pursue spiritual the spiritual path. We can live within the limits of our humanity, which by definition doesn't have as many limits as we think. 
Mm, I like that. I love how you've you've labeled it lifey and feely because often we judge our experience and put we labels do. on we it do. where lifey and feely kind of opens up that possibility and um, it's absolutely normal and it's part of our part of our journey here. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. It's important not to define ourselves by a day. You can have a perfect day and then you can be followed by an imperfect day. Right. And- taking those, taking those, those hills and valleys as they present themselves. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And like I said, you know, we were chatting before the recording started that, you know, I don't have good days and bad days. I have good days and I have days filled with opportunity for learning and growth. And those days might feel feely and kind of garbagey sometimes. And they're still amazing days because they are days where I had opportunities to learn and grow. And we, we forget that a healing wound doesn't feel good. A healing wound itches. Yeah. Well, that's pulls. That's great. Right. right. I love that. A healing wound. Yes, you're absolutely right. And it takes that time. Um, And that's the time we need to be, you know, um, generous with ourselves to let ourselves heal and to like we would care for someone else who was healing, like we would reach out and what do you need? We need to turn that to ourselves as well. Sometimes that can often be harder. Right. It can be. Yeah. Because, well, we're so used to being like, I don't know what I want. Right. I'm going to find the people around me and I'm going to say, hey, throw stuff at me and I'll see if that's what I wanted because I don't know what I want. Wow. Right. And which is great because it lets us, you know, engage with other people. And it's really frustrating because the other person's like, do you want this? And we're like, no, do yeah. you want this? No. And then we'll be like, you don't even know me. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, what do you want? I'm like, I don't know what I want. I need you to figure it out for me. <laughs> That's really good. So you talk about um, living a life unbroken. And that is so intriguing to me. So tell us about that journey to unbroken. Sure. So my journey to unbroken began officially when I was 19 years old. Uh, because that's when I got my official diagnosis, uh, although by then I had been suffering in silence for years. Mm -hmm. Uh, And my official diagnosis was seven different mental health diagnoses, including anorexia, bulimia, uh, major depression, generalized anxiety disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, suicidal ideation, and self-harm, which means there are scars on my body that I put there. Uh, In other words, broken. Mm. And every, every doctor I saw, every specialist all agreed that I was broken. I even had one tell me that there was just something broken in my brain and I just had to learn to live with it. And, you know, when some very smart people Mm. with some really impressive degrees on the wall and lots of letters after their name, when they tell you that you're broken, it's only a matter of time before you begin to believe them. And that became my story. That became that thing that I told myself about myself to myself. And it's became the thing that I lived for over 13 years uh, until I discovered the Japanese art form of Kinsukuroi, which is the inspiration for Unbroken. And for those of your listeners who are unaware of what it is, Kinsukuroi is the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery with molten gold. So in our society, if something's broken, quote unquote, we either try to put it back together and pretend that nothing happened, uh, or we discard it and deem that it's worthless, it's useless, it's broken, we don't want it anymore. But in Japan, they're smart. And what they do is they take these pieces of pottery and they repair it with molten gold, in essence, highlighting the scars of the journey, because they believe each piece is more beautiful for having broken and healed. 
And so we can't pretend that nothing happened to these pieces anymore. We can't look at them and say, oh, well, they're whole and they're certainly not broken anymore, but they are unbroken. And what's interesting is where these pieces are put back together, they are stronger than they were before, much in the same way that a broken bone is stronger for having healed. And so unbroken means stronger than before. And so my path from broken to unbroken was about learning that my scars are okay. It's not about pretending that they didn't happen. It's not about getting back to how I used to be or some normal, which is just some arbitrary line that we set for ourselves. It is about recognizing that I am stronger for having broken and healed. And, but it's about highlighting my scars. It's about sharing my story. And so that's kind of how, what brought me to this place. That is, that is powerful. That is powerful. And after we talked before, I went and looked that up and started. I have pictures on my computer now of Mm -hmm. those beautiful pots Mm -hmm. that have been healed with gold and they are spectacular. And, you know, being unbroken is a spectacular person because, and like you, Jennifer, what you do with that unbrokenness now is reach out to others because the journey that we've been on, we want to help others live, you know, without limits and live you know, through those obstacles and share what we've, what we've learned. So, so what was that journey of, um, you know, that gold, what, <laughs> what was part of that journey to get to that place? It didn't take a day. It did not take a day. It did not take a day. No. Although funny enough, the decision to walk that path happened in a moment. It was, I got to this place. So I had got to this place of what I call functional dysfunction. Okay. I was, you know, I was on medications that kept me more or less stable, you know, sometimes less, sometimes more, but more or less stable. Um, I had figured out kind of how to avoid all the triggers in my life and kind of maneuver where I was going to go. And I got to this place of kind of, like I said, functional dysfunction. Uh, and I remember there was this one day in particular where the pain was particularly bad that day uh, because people don't realize it, but eating disorders are quite painful. Mm. You know, people think that eating disorders are all about, you know, they just want to be thin and, you know, it's because of the media. And I always say, well, anorexia is about using your conscious willpower to override your body's own survival mechanism. Mm. That comes from a place much, much deeper than just wanting to be a size two and fit into a bikini, right? It's, it's a very, very dark place mm. and it's very painful. And I remember having this one day and I remember thinking, I'm not going to be able to live like this. Like I, I had friends who had lost their battle. And so I knew where the path of continuing down that path of pain would take me. I knew that. And in this one moment, I thought, well, what if, so eating disorders are painful. Recovery is painful. What if I just choose a different pain? What if it's not about choosing health? What if I just choose a pain that, well, I know that the pain of eating disorder, I know where that leads. Right. And the pain of recovery, maybe that brings more options. So let's just choose a different pain because recovering from eating disorders is exceptionally painful. Your body doesn't know what to do with food. I had to relearn. It's not just the psychological relationship to food that died in my book. My body didn't know what to do with it. Physically. Physically, right? And so at a certain point, I just decided to choose a different pain. It wasn't about choosing recovery at that point. It was just, let's just choose a different pain and choose a pain that has an opportunity at the end of it and see what happens. I can always go back if I need to. And that was the first step 
So while the journey took a while, it's now been 10 years since I entered, since that one moment. It was 10 years on the 18th of December. I call it my recovery anniversary. Mm. But it was a single moment, a single flash of decision of just, let's just choose a different pain. And that was what started it. And it was in choosing that different pain that I eventually started to open up and start to be able to choose non-pain, right? And so I kind of, you know, I started with the physical stuff and trying to refeed my body. Um, I work with nutritionists, which uh, <laughs> I love nutritionists, but from an eating disorder perspective, it wasn't that I didn't know what my body needed. Weren't, you know, eating disorder people aren't stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so when they're like, this is what you need to eat, I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> right? How many things get lumped into that, yeah. right? Right? They're like, this is how much protein you need, and this is how many calories you need. I'm like, don't talk to someone with anorexia about calories. I can I'm like a walking lexicon of how much everything has in yeah. it, right? So I didn't need that. Um, but I, I found a little bit of support, just kind of like, remember like the monkey bars on the playground? I didn't have to go to the very end. I just had to hold on to my one bar and reach out and just hold the next one until I was stable and hold the next one. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. And ultimately, eventually, my I got to a place where I was eating. And I'm like, okay, so I was kind of doing okay. And my mood was okay. But then my anxiety, which the eating disorder held at bay, because that's really what eating disorders are about. They're about completely numbing out your emotions. Right. And so as I started to feel them, all my anxiety started to come to the surface in a really big way. And it started to manifest as a phobia of bugs and insects, which doesn't sound like a big deal. But Ontario is a really buggy province. And I couldn't I wouldn't leave the house like I literally it almost became like an agoraphobia. I wouldn't leave the house. Wow. And, you know, eating disorder. I knew what the recovery process was. Nutritionist. I knew that recovery process. But when it comes to phobias, there's really only two options. There's desensitization therapy, which means at some point they were going to put me in a room with a bug. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> right, exactly, right? That face right there, exactly. Who would pay money for that? Huh. Uh, even though logically I understood that by the time I got to that point, I wouldn't be afraid anymore. I wouldn't yeah. sign up for that. And then the other option was hypnosis, which I did not believe in. And I thought was dumb but I was desperate and literally could not leave the house. I mean, I, my phobia was so bad that I had run into traffic to avoid the exoskeleton of a bug that wasn't even there and almost got hit by a car. Like it was, it was bad. It was even images, pictures of bugs. It was, it was complete. everything. Oh yeah. Walking down in the hardware aisle, the, they had, you know, bottles of bug spray with a, a bug on it. I'd have to like, well, I'd close my eyes and walk down butterflies. The, the, Ultimate symbol of transformation and hope. Scared the hell out of me. Could not handle butterfly. Yeah, no, not for me. If a butterfly came near me, I was gone. Right. And there is no moments between see the bug, pause, and then run into traffic. With a phobia, it just it's just gone. And so I was trying to figure out, well, how do I how do I heal this? Because I I don't want to pay money to go sit in a room with a bug. Like it's not happening. Um, and so I reached out to my chiropractor at the time. And I said, you know, out of curiosity, because she'd been so instrumental on my healing journey up until that moment. I'm like, do you happen to know someone who does hypnosis? Because I don't want some random stranger scrambling my brain because I didn't know anything about it at the time. And she goes, actually, I do. And she introduced me to the woman who became my coach. And in one session, she nailed on the head what 13 years of therapy and a degree in psychology never came close to. Oh. And she is the first person who looked at me and said, you're not broken. I can help you. Oh, what a moment. Amazing. It was so powerful. And now to be able to offer that hope to others, to be able to look at someone and say, 
you're not broken, I can help you is just, I always joke that it's such a selfish thing that I do because I get, it's so, I get so much out of it. And every person who comes to me heals me as well, as much as I'm helping them to heal. It's very much a symbiotic relationship. So to be able to offer that hope is just invaluable. You use that same language with people as well. Like you are not broken and I can help you. Sometimes it depends. Some people, if they identify as broken, okay, um, I will say yes. Uh, actually, what I like to say is um, the analogy I always use is, is if you ever see these cartoons or these movies where there's a little kid and they're in their bedroom and it's nighttime and they're screaming and crying because there's a monster in the corner. Yes. And then someone comes in, they turn on the light and they realize, oh, it's just a coat rack. Yes. Right. Before coming in to see me, you'll believe that you have a monster. After that first session, we haven't moved anything or changed anything yet, but we've turned on the lights. You can see it's just a coat rack. Mm. It's not that big of a deal. And we can either, and once you know it's a coat rack, even if you turn the lights off again, you you can't convince yourself that's a monster ever again. So even after one session with me, you walk away knowing it's not a monster. It's just a coat rack. And then if people are like, okay, now I know it's a coat rack, but I want to like redesign my room. I want that coat rack on. Then I'm like, okay, well then let's get rid of it. Right. Right. So I tend to use that language more. Mm, that's amazing. I love that. Putting the light on it. Yeah. It, that's just a, that's a beautiful picture. I think everyone could relate to that. And I think people that, um, that resonate with the broken piece like you where it went through the traditional, you know, the traditional therapies and different ways that help a lot of people. We're not negating that, Mm -hmm. but the messaging of broken and you need to be fixed and you'll always be broken. So continue that path and come and see me and continue. (laughs) continue And we, We touched on that before when we had our talk, because what a lot of people don't understand if somebody's in a place of phobias or mental health or whatever, you're, you're mentioning the anorexia the 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 hopelessness comes because there's just too many days ahead mm. you just can't pick this pain you, you just can't see yourself living a week with this a year with this the rest of your life with this because it's just too long mm. yeah especially it, when you're told that that's the best you can ever get right it fills, it fills that it just fills this void in you with more hopelessness because you're saying mm. I barely got through today. So you're, you're telling me that I have a thousand more days like this ahead of me. Right. Right. And, and, you know, in, in an effort to be realistic, our mental health system and our medical system wants people to know the realistic expectations of what they can hope for. Mm -hmm. And um, realistically, I was told I had a 12% chance of ever recovering of ever coming off of medication The statistics go that if you go on antidepressants and then you come off them and then you go back on them again, each time you go back on them, the chances of you ever getting off them drops lower and lower. So I was about 12% by the time I entered recovery. And in the eating disorder world, being recovered is not considered to be a possibility. The best we're supposed to hope for is long-term recovery, which means you'll always be an anorexic, you'll always be bulimic, but and it'll always be there when you're stressed. But we can get you to a place, again, of functional dysfunction. And, you know, I always say, so one, better medicated than dead. Medications 100% saved my life and I don't need them anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. And traditional therapy was wonderful. It's great because it stops you from driving off the cliff of life. Right. And when your car is aiming, Thelma and Louise style, towards a cliff, you need something to hit the brakes. 
And so traditional therapy and medication is great because it stops you from driving off the cliff. And then that's kind of where it ends. But that kind of leaves you in this place of, okay, well, I'm no longer driving off this cliff, but now I'm sitting in my car, staring out at the cliff that I once was about to drive off of. And we're told that that's kind of, well, you're not driving off of it anymore. You should be happy and then just sit there. And what I always like to say is what I teach people to do is how to do a three-point turn. Go the other way. Go the other, there's a whole world behind you that's not that cliff. Right. Right. And so and medications, traditional therapy are wonderful to stop you from driving off the cliff. Mm-hmm. And then when you're ready to do a three-point turn and be able to explore the rest of the world, that's amazing that's that's incredible and you see people you you can probably tell that moment eh where you just know that this is going to happen now and you can see it in their face you can hear it in their voice and you just know that you know it's just it's moving slowly but it's going the right direction now that must be a rewarding feeling ever it absolutely is and it actually goes a lot faster than people think it's about 10 to 12 hours of time together Mm. For me to take someone from, you know, I've worked with people who have constant panic attacks, like multiple panic attacks a day, Um, people who their anxiety is so high, they can't drive in a car, Mm. Um, they can't work. And within 10 to 12 hours of of time together, they'll be like, it's funny, I don't think I've had a, I can't remember the last time I had a panic attack. They forget the panic, which is, that's when it gets fun for me. And I always say that my biggest marketing challenge is if people only knew how easy it was to heal from things like feelings of depression, feelings of anxiety and panic, people only knew how easy it was to get to that place of actual healing. No one would ever dare suffer, but unfortunately our traditional system doesn't tell people that that's an option. Mm-hmm. They tell them that they should just feel lucky that they you know just keep working. We'll, we'll try a different medication and we'll get you there. And, and again, that's wonderful. And it's not meant to be the end of the road. That is not life without limits. Yeah. That is by definition limited. Limited. Yes, yes exactly. It's, it's, and I, yeah. I'm sorry. And I want to back up again, because you were talking about some of those phobias. There's such an, a high level of shame that's associated with them. So there's not just the fact that you're dealing with this issue or the anxiety, the panic, being afraid of insects. And you have, you know, company over and you're huddled up in, you know, in one of the rooms in your houses because you're afraid of going out. But the shame and all of the collateral damage to your life and others that comes from that. Oh, for sure. It all snowballs, it bundles together into this big sort of picture of me. Yeah, well, you feel really stupid. Like, I'm a smart person. I know that a moth is not going to hurt me. Right. But my body had no idea that that was true. And so the second you find yourself on the other side of the road because you ran away from a little moth, you're like, oh, again, like I feel so stupid. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there is a there is some shame. And, you know, yeah, we'd have people over. Everyone would be sitting outside. I'd sit outside for like as long as I could. Something would fly by. And I'd spend the rest of the time inside talking to people through a screen. Mm-hmm. And it it kind of becomes your identity. Like, oh, that's the anxious, you're, you're the anxious person. You're the, you're the bug phobia person, right? And even today, if I say, you know, I had a phobia of insects, people don't understand how bad it was because they're like, oh, so you don't like bugs. I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, now I don't like bugs. Yeah. Back then it was absolute terror. It was absolute terror. Like if there was uh, one time I went into my mom's basement, it's a pretty large basement. I had to get something out of a box. And in the box, I found a dead spider the size of my pinky fingernail. And for a 
no, six, seven, eight months, I wouldn't go into the basement. Wow. Yeah. Right. Like that. And if I did, I would be anxious and, and logically I'm like, it's a dead spider in a box. Yeah. But my body wouldn't listen. So yeah, there's definitely a lot of shame in that. And, and there's a lot of hopelessness because there's really, I wasn't going to pay money to have someone be like, here, touch a spider. so you kind of feel like that's kind of the best it's going to get again that whole let's sit and stare at the cliff yeah and I'm not driving over it you know I've learned how to manage it I've learned I learned how to manage my triggers I learned how to get my life you know mostly in order without having to go out of the house too often I you know do my grocery shopping in the evening time it was less bugs mosquitoes love me but they weren't scary to me Mm -hmm. right moths were terrifying but if I stayed away from lights or if I closed my eyes I can get through it but it left me like I said a very limited life of I can't yeah I can't I can't just go where I want to go I love the imagery that you just said when you when you said it I could picture it and it, it applies to not just the phobias but living a life behind a screen mm. and you think about people going through different things that um, you know, not just fears, but just living life behind a screen because of a boundary um, or an obstacle or a barrier that they have perceived in their mind that is absolutely real, but they can't move past that screen. And it's incredible that you're able to work with people. What are some of the other programs that you do, Jennifer? I know you have some um, group group things that you do as well as working with people one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So I have to do the buy one-on-one starting in January. I am doing a monthly group zoom coaching. So this is for people who are, who've either worked with me one-on-one and want some ongoing continued support or people who want to work with me, but aren't quite yet ready to dive into the deep end. They just want to hang out in the shallow end for a while and just get to know me and get some coaching. So that's starting in January. It's the third Sunday of the month and it's a 90 minute zoom and we'll together we'll work through as a group. So it's not group therapy because group therapy is all about sitting and commiserating about how much life sucks together. Right. Uh, And that's, I know, right. I'm like, I don't do that. This is not group therapy. No stories allowed in the space. This is finding resources. But then I'm out of there. (laughs) Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, no, I do not want that. This is, this is about let's come somewhere and let us, through the power of interdependence, help support each other into empowerment. Wow. So that's my, that's my group ones. Um, I do run a weekly virtual healing circle. These are 100% free. They're every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via Zoom. Uh, each week I talk about a different topic related to the spiritual world, mental health, emotions, uh, and then it's followed by guided meditation, some breath work, and a gratitude practice. And then those are recorded live, and then that becomes my podcast, uh, which is called Bridging the Spiritual Gap. So anyone who wants to talk about, you know, and, and you know, Bridging the Spiritual Gap to me means a big part of what I do is bridging the gap between the head and the heart, because that was a big deal for me. I used to sit with my therapist, and I was an ob- noxious patient because I have a degree in psychology so they tell me stuff I'm like yeah I read that book too like I'm not stupid my head understands you how do I make my heart understand how do I bridge the gap between my head and my heart and so my healing circles and my bridging the gap a spiritual gap podcast are all about bridging that gap I also do have some online programs so I have an online course called bridging the spiritual gap it's an intuitive development course Uh, It's for anyone who wants to learn how to tap into your own spirituality 
by method of using your emotions as fuel for spirituality, mm-hmm. as opposed to what a lot of people think of, we tend to think of our emotions as speed bumps mm-hmm. on the path to spirituality. And they all our emotions just get in the way and we have to transcend them into love and light. And I'm like, yeah, that's great, but we're still three-dimensional beings in this right. skeleton. We have to live here, right? So how to use your emotions as fuel for your spiritual journey, as opposed to speed bumps on it. So that's it's about five and a half hours of content. It's all done through videos. People can take it at their leisure and lifetime access. So I've got that. And then in February, I am running my Rewrite Your Story course uh, live via Zoom. Mm. And this is my signature flagship course. This is the one where we talk all about emotions, all about what is the mechanism behind depression? What is the mechanism behind anxiety? How can we start to break down that old story of broken? to move into a place of unbrokenness um, or into unbreakable. Yeah. And talk about boundaries, talk about how to start reprogramming those thoughts. Cause we all know it's about your mental state. And then the next question is great. Now that I know that, how do I change my mental state? And so this course is designed to start to give people some valuable information and tools to start to change their story in a tangible way. That's incredible. So how could people reach out to you? I know we're going to have the information in the, in the write-up but just uh, so they can hear it well in case they're driving your car or whatever <laughs> so how can they what would be the easiest way to kind of connect to find out more about these amazing programs so you can come onto my website at www.livelifeunbroken.com um, all of my information there the links to the podcast my events healing circle um, all of that is there as well as ways to contact me I also have a private group on Facebook called Live Life Unbroken. And I would say that's where the cool cats hang out. So you can come hang out there. And that's a great place to either lurk um, or to, you know, ask questions. I run different challenges. I have giveaways. I'm doing the 12 Days of Christmas giveaway right now where I'm just giving away tickets to my events and my online stuff. So if people want to come check it out, they can join the group. Um, and of course, by email, which is info at livelifeunbroken.com. I'm always open to have a conversation. And I offer a one hour complimentary meet and greet via Zoom for anyone who just wants to find out if what I offer is what they need. Right. That's brilliant. And I love that Live Life Unbroken <laughs> is, is the same for all of them because you can remember that easily. And it's such a beautiful picture. And even I'm sure people, when they just typing live life unbroken is starting that process of moving from, you know, that traditional broken to living life unbroken, moving past opening that screen door and walking through. That is just, oh, I just, I'm so There's just nothing like having somebody with you and having a guide and having a support network of people who've gone through it. Right. Yes. Well, you know, As a coach, my entire job is to hold space for someone else's transformation and empowerment. Mm -hmm. And where else in our life do we have someone whose entire job is to hold that space? We like to think our friends and our family and our loved ones, and they've got their own stuff going on in their life, right? And they have a vested interest sometimes in your victimhood, sometimes in in your emotional pain, right? So sometimes while they, in their heart, would love for you to feel better, they have a vested interest sometimes in your brokenness potentially because that's how they know you. And so a coach is the person who looks at you and doesn't see who you are. They see all the potential of what you can become and they hold that space for you. So we all need someone in our corner. We all need someone who at the end of the day can say, you know what? Today sucked. I'm sorry. And let's get you back on path. 
Right. A lot of people close to us have no interest in rewriting our story. Right. They, right. They like that story. It fits their story. That story yeah. fits into their life as it is right now. Yeah. yeah. And that's great. And that's fine. And that's a wonderful thing. And that doesn't mean that there's anything nope. wrong with that relationship. It just means that when you need someone to hold space for your transformation, they might not be able to hold the space that you need. Right. Correct. Or to see, you know, that next step for you or tell you the hard, those hard things, because someone close to you may tell you what you they think you want to hear. Right. You know, and yeah, this will make you and, feel better. And as you were yeah. saying that I had a picture in my in my mind about almost like the justice is blind, like yes. you're in that situation and, and you don't have a vested interest either way. You just have this objective, this goal, and, and this desire to give this person that room so that they can come out of their mm-hmm. limitation, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. and without any agenda at all. And I just had a picture in my, you know, the idea that justice, you know, should be blind, right? Yeah, absolutely. I We set out in our first session together, we set out goals. And my job is to get the person to their goals, period. Right. Right. And whatever we need to do to make that happen. And I always say, you know, people like to think, well, I can just figure it out myself. And I always say, no, even I have my own coach because my life, by very definition, is my blind spot because I'm in it. I have zero perspective on my own life. Mm-hmm. You need someone who has perspective and the people close to you have more perspective than you do because you're they're not in your life, but they don't have enough because they're still part of your little, yeah. uh, let's use, you know, like the, your bubble. Right. Yeah, right. You need someone who's completely a third neutral party mm-hmm. who has the ultimate in perspective and no attachment to your victimhood, no attachment to your story, just an attachment to your absolute highest potential and growth. Mm-hmm. And we don't often have those people in our life. And so it gets to be my honor and privilege to be able to be that person for someone else. And like I said, you don't have to work with me as a coach, but if you are going to work with a coach, please find a coach who has a coach. work with a coach who has a coach we all need someone in our corner you know you think about a boxing match Uh, they go into the ring and they're getting beaten up and then they retreat to their corner and they're bloody and bruised and they have someone saying that was a great round you did good let's clean you up and get you back out there sometimes we're in a round and we are we wander away and we're feeling a little bloody and beaten and we need someone to not say oh you're bleeding oh no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe you shouldn't go do that anymore yeah, i wish i could do something about that but I... right that sucks we need <laughs> let's just ignore that blood and yeah. let's right yeah, yeah. suck yeah. it up keep going no we need someone to be like oh it's okay it's okay it's all right you got punched you got some good hits in there let's clean you up let's get you know we need someone to pump us up so that when we go back into the ring of life yeah. we have someone in our corner we know that we're not going back to an empty corner and what can we learn from that you know, previous beat up to not go do that again. He swings yeah. right duck. Okay, I'll do that next time. Right, exactly. Which in the moment when you're in your life, you have you don't have enough perspective on that, but your coach from the sidelines sees the whole thing. That's brilliant. They have perspective. And so that's where I get to come in and give that perspective and give that encouragement so that people can go in the ring and not end up in a bloody mess on the floor. (laughs) Incredible. So what's next for you, Jennifer? Like personally, what else? You've got these incredible programs, the monthly coaching, you know, the, um, you know, is there a book? Yeah. (laughs) So everyone's always asked me about a book and I have intended to write a book. And then the universe is like, no, you're doing an online course instead. So I am, I do have an ebook 
that is going to be coming out, um, which is more like a graphic kind of magazine style um, that is a synopsis of all the stuff I teach in my Bridging the Spiritual Gap course. But um, my book always seems to get, I, I don't have like, I don't do traditional business planning where I sit down and I say, what's going to be next? I just wait for the universe to help guide me. And what I've been guided for my big thing for 2021 is May 1st to 8th, I'll be running the practitioner training that teaches and designates others in the tools that I use. And so it's an eight day fast track training. You come out with four board designations. The training itself is tax deductible. Um, And whether or not you choose to use it with someone else or use it on yourself, having access to there are tools for empowerment and leadership and healing. And they can be used on self, they can be used with others. Um, And my favorite part is once you take the training, you become part of the community mm-hmm. and you get ongoing free mental health support for life through the community. Because at any time I know if I'm having a day, I can go to my community and I can just put out a call on Facebook and be like, I have a thing who's available. And someone somewhere will be like, yep, let's meet up. Let's blow it out. Done. And so mm-hmm. I always have this opportunity. And so I'm really, really excited to be able to teach people these tools for those people who've worked with me who are like, how does that work? Which frankly, that's how I ended up becoming a coach. I worked with a coach and it worked really well. And I was nosy. I'm like, how did that work? And I took the training and then ta-da. <laughs> so I'm really excited to be able to give people the background information on how this stuff works because it feels magical, but there is a lot of science behind it. And also give others the tools they can use it with themselves, you know, teachers, any parents, you know, parents who have kids who are special needs are on spectrum who need to find different ways of communication, uh, someone who in their business wants to grow it, someone who finds that they're their own obstacle. All of these things um, can be solved with a lot of the tools that I teach. So I'm really excited to be able to teach that in May. So that's, that's my big thing for 2021. And I'm really hoping that, you know, my I do run retreats um, healing retreats, uh, and I'm hoping to be able to run those again in 2021, uh, should the world start spinning in the right direction again. <laughs> so just as we're closing, Jennifer, any final, like a tips for living, you know, without limits or overcoming barriers and obstacles, any, any final little tips as we're, as we're wrapping up? I think if anyone can take anything away from this, and this is always the message I want people to know that no matter how broken you feel, no matter how many very smart people with really impressive degrees on the wall and lots of letters after the name, no matter how many people have told you you're broken, no one is ever actually broken. Mm. Everyone can heal and become stronger than before. Wow, that's a perfect way to end. So thank you so much, Jennifer, and all of your contact information we're certainly going to put in uh, on the podcast as well. So um, just thank you so much for this has just been incredible. I've written so many notes. I, I've been I feel like I've been in, in a class. Yeah, I've been I've been listening as much as participating. This has just been amazing. Yeah. So yeah. thank you guys so much for having me so much for having me. Do you want to learn more about how you can continue your journey and experience my virtual healing circles in real time? If so, check out livelifeunbroken.com slash circle and join my free circle membership. Receive weekly reminders, bonus material and recaps, plus special offers, as well as access to my weekly virtual healing circles. If you're ready to leave behind the fears and limitations of the ego, 
and step into the spiritual life you've long known is waiting for you. You're invited to join me, Jen Fable, for a soul-nourishing journey into the exploration of you, the universe, and all space in between. Take control of your spiritual journey to attain a new level of understanding and connection to yourself and the people in your life. During our time and circle together, I will share with you all the tips and tricks you need to make playing with energy fun, easy, and most of all, effective. Together, we'll learn how to cultivate our inner compass to enable us to walk our path with grace and ease. We'll open the space with a candle meditation, and after, I will share with you my favorite grounding practices and lead you through a circle casting, guided meditation, and breath work, followed by a soul-inspiring gratitude practice. If your soul has been calling out to you and you're ready to tune in and listen, go to www.livelifeunbroken.com circle and register today for your Zoom access information. That's www.livelifeunbroken.com backslash circle, C-I-R-C-L-E.